Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, there's one thing that is very, very clear to me right now. ACC Coastal Division football was a mistake. Uh, yeah, we mentioned that last week, too, and uh, it remains a mistake after week 10, Joey. Yeah, it's not getting any better, Mike. Not getting any better. Uh, your division leader, Virginia Cavaliers, lost and lost their lead in the division this week to the Pittsburgh Panthers, who currently find themselves at 5-4 and four overall. Uh, we'll get into that game here in just a second, but before we do, Mike, I wanted to point out there are seven teams in the ACC Coastal. Six of them have the following records. Five and four, six and three, four and four, five and four, six and three, five and four. Mm, that's that sounds, bad. That sounds like mediocrity, Joey. That is mediocrity at its finest. Go ACC. Uh, Mike, yeah, we got some games. Got to recap here. Week 10. Uh, we got it started in weird fashion Friday night. Pittsburgh 23, the hashtag 25 Virginia Cavaliers 13. Uh, this was a, it was a rainy, gross night in Charlottesville. And it's it's a good thing that Darren Hall made the trip for Pittsburgh because he was about the best thing of, of, of any team in this game. Uh, Darren Hall goes 19 carries for 229 and three touchdowns. Had a couple of huge runs that he ripped off. Um, really just a couple points where Virginia's defense kind of was playing up close to the line of scrimmage and, and didn't really fill a gap here or there. And Darren Hall squirts through it and, and just you know takes off running. Um, it was a sloppy night there. Pittsburgh gets the win, though. Uh, they're they're five and four overall, but more importantly, Mike, they're four and one in the conference, and now they are in the driver's seat for this week. <laughs> driver's seat of the week in the ACC Coastal. Yeah, new award. Um, we seem to continuously come up with new awards because we're running out of recipients for the ones that we already have. Um, hail to Pitt! Pitt is it? All that stuff. Uh, I guess. Yeah, Narduzzi will go on a tweeting spree uh, talking about recruiting and stuff because that's what he does. Uh, yeah, I hope you like boring games because this was one of them. This was brutal to watch. Brutal. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be kind of pissed off if Pittsburgh actually ends up finishing and winning the Coastal Division. They currently rank 71st in S&P+. Bad. Um, they have games remaining against Virginia Tech at home, where we know the Hokies really struggle at Heinz Field. And the Hokies stink, too. The, also that, sometimes. Uh, at Wake Forest, who just lost Sam Harton for the year with a, uh, a broken something or other. They also stink. And then at Miami, which is its own bag of, of tricks right now. Uh, and not, not tricks for the better. And they all- the tricks in the trick-or-treat sense. And they also stink. Yeah, so Pittsburgh's going to squirrely, you know, weasel their way in at like, and and by the way, we got an email on this from uh, Mr. Andrew Freeman. Thank you for your email asking, at this point, what is the record of the Coastal Champion? Who's it going to be is impossible to predict, and that's not true at this point. I'm going to predict it's Pittsburgh. Uh, final record, we've, we've agreed on this, Mike. It's, it's got to be five and three, and yet Pitt might find a way to finish six and two, which would put them at seven and five overall. That would be the worst six and two conference record potentially in ACC history. Yeah, not pretty. Uh, this game wasn't pretty, Mike. It was kind of a mess. Uh, Bryce Perkins was okay through the air, but Virginia really just struggled to get anything going. Uh, there weren't a lot of plays run in total. I mean, <laughs> Virginia snapped the ball twenty five or uh, excuse me fifty times and. Uh, Pittsburgh snapped it 56 times. 
I mean, that's a quick football game. Um, but again, it was really messy. It was really uh, wet to the point that like you, you really question like, is this even a, a valid repeatable thing? If these teams were to play five times, does, does Pitt really win three of them or uh, kind of what do we expect? I don't know. I don't know what to take from this game. I don't know what to think about the ACC Coastal at this point, Mike. My uh, my favorite part of the weekend by far was Friday night. I'm drunk at the bar in Blacksburg. As one and, does. Yes, uh, because that's <laughs> that's one of the things that I do pretty well. And uh, I don't have many talents, but drinking is one of them, right? So, um, dilly dilly. Know, shameless, shameless plug. Uh, anyway, uh, I look up and I see that Virginia lost or is losing to Pittsburgh. It was on the TV the whole time, but you know, I'm drinking, um, and I'm watching Virginia struggle through this entire game. I'm watching Darren Hall and he's, you know, we know he's a good running back, but, uh, Virginia made him look really, really good on a number of levels. And so I'm watching this game play out and then. You know, all the Hokies fans are cheering at the bar naturally saying, oh, no way we can lose to UVA. Uh, You sure? Except what if you could? Except what if what if I told you? Yeah, Um, we'll we'll just go with a 30 for 30 voice. You sure? (laughs) Anyway. uh, Yes. Yeah. Careful. So uh, Coastal leading Virginia for a second was fun. That was a lot of fun. Uh, they lost to now coastal uh, favorite Pittsburgh, which I mean, it's Pat Narduzzi's world and we're just living in it at this point. So whatever that uh, weird game, I guess that was something. I just I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm at a loss for words, Mike. <laughs> I'm at a loss for words. Darren Hall, again, 19 carries for 229 and three touchdowns. Like, you, you would think that he's just like the bell cow back for, for Pittsburgh at this point. There's only had, He's only had two games this year before this, Mike, that he had more than 10 carries. Yeah. I mean, he's had a couple of good games, and he's generally been very consistently solid when he's been in the game, but he hasn't been in the game that much. So, I right. I, I don't know. Super weird. Super weird. Yeah. My favorite thing that's happening with this podcast this year is we'll get the tweets and the questions like, hey, what's going on? Like, what's going on with this team? What's going on with that team? And I'm just like, I don't know. I, if, Mike, I don't know if you could call us experts on ACC football, but I mean, even if somebody were to try to, I don't know that anybody's an expert on this league at this point. I, Right. This is a, and and I'm gonna move on and, and give another prime example of how nobody's an expert on this uh, conference just yet. So before we move on, Pittsburgh 23, Virginia 13. Uh, bow down to your new Pittsburgh overlords. Let's talk about more games that made sense, Mike. Duke 20, Miami 12. The Miami Hurricanes scored 12 points at home against Duke. Now this was another game that was pretty. Uh, Pretty sloppy, wet, rainy. I mean, it was a messy track. There was a lot of slip and slide action going on with touchdown celebrations and all sorts of nonsense like that. But Miami finds a way to run for 300 yards, outgain Duke by over 100 yards, and score 12 points at home in a losing effort. Uh, My favorite thing that Miami did was have 44 carries on the ground for 300 yards for those of you doing math at home that's 6.8 yards per carry uh two touchdowns 
For those of you not doing math at home, that's good, by the way. Uh, real good. Real good. And you know what they did despite running the ball for almost seven yards per carry? Uh, they threw it 28 times. They completed 13 of those passes between Malik Rozier and Nikozi Perry. Um, Rozier had 76 yards on eight of 12 passes. And that uh, was insufficient, and so they brought in Nikosi Perry. Who, um, let's just say, uh, couldn't hit water if you fell out of the boat. Um, <laughs> Hitting five, him with a, just a Houlihan quote here. All right. Five of 16 for 35 yards. And um, I'm no math major, but I... You know, barely passed accounting 2.2 <laughs> yards per, per pass, which, by the way, also real bad. That's not um, good. Not good. So uh, they probably should have, like, continued to run the football, Joey. Imagine that. Uh, even though they ran it 44 times, you probably should have run it like, I don't know, 84 times. And just not thrown it. Turn into Georgia Tech. Be more <laughs> like Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have probably worked well for him. They found a way to lose to Duke, who, by the way, Joey, Duke stinks. I watched this game, and this was, oh, Duke is bad. Mm-hmm. And they are just a little bit less bad than Miami. Mm-hmm. Mike, I got to tell you, Miami's kind of in full tailspin mode right now. Oh, they are, oh, gross on offense. They have scored 39 points total in their last three games at Virginia, at Boston College, now home against Duke. I don't know what Miami's got going on down there, but it seems like, again, it is it is so bizarre to me to think of where we were less than a year ago. We were still a couple of weeks removed from that weekend before Thanksgiving when Miami got to 10-0 and and the turnover chain was rocking, and the U was back, and Miami's going to push Clemson to try to make it into the playoff and the whole thing, and whatever's happened since then has been just a total disaster for the Hurricanes. Uh, the, the updated record in that time since is 5-7. and seven. Now, again, less than a year later, I think it's probably a little early to start talking about having to fire the coach and pay a buyout and do all these things, but... He ain't doing himself any favors, that's for sure. Uh, there's regressing to the mean, and then there's Miami. Yeah. Um, this is a crash back to Earth and then a trip to hell afterwards. This is like, wow. Um, you want to talk about fall from grace. Like, mm-hmm. Mark Richt was a toast of the town at this time last year. Mm-hmm. Toast of the town. You could have put up a statue there in Miami Gardens. They would have loved that. Um, right there next to Larry Coker, Butch Davis, all the greats, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, Randy Shannon. They couldn't believe Georgia let him get away. Couldn't believe it. Who would have thought? Um, Who would have thought? Who's your favorite disgrace Miami coach? Mine's Mark Richt. Uh, I was kind of thinking about, like, Butch Davis, but. Oh, okay. Either way. I, uh, Mark Richt's probably, uh, probably up there at this point. Okay, they're bad. What about Randy Shannon? Are we, are we, doing, that? Are we doing that again? Oh, we are. Al Golden? <laughs> um, By the way, this, this game gave Duke the uh, the tiebreaker in the battle for fifth in the ACC Coastal. Oh, good. 
Duke in Duke in Miami now tied at two and three in, in conference play, and Duke has the tiebreaker. So Miami currently sixth in the Coastal Division. So things are going swimmingly in Coral Gables, Mike. Wow. So, I mean, that's good. What does fifth place get you? <laughs> what is what is uh, what does fifth place get you in the Coastal? Uh, the, what's that bowl they play in Shreveport again? The Independence Bowl? Oh no. Oh no! Oh, give me every part of Miami going to Shreveport. I want to bet that game. Oh no! You know where Miami needs to go back to? They gotta go back to the Sun Bowl. Oh yeah, playing the snow against Wazoo or whatever the hell. <laughs> yes. Man. Give me all of that. Give me, give me that two o'clock game on Christmas. What, what was that? Uh, New Year's Eve. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, give me that two o'clock action. Uncle Vern on the call. Oh, Uncle Vern coming out of retirement with. Uh, the corpse of Gary Danielson. He was terrible in the LSU Auburn or LSU Alabama game from the booth. Oh God, he was terrible. Um. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Mike. I don't know. Weird year. Miami uh, in a tailspin. They are uh, now just they. The good news is that they only have road games left at Georgia Tech and at Virginia Tech over the next two weeks, and. I'm just going to leave that right there. We'll talk about those games in the coming weeks because they just got way, way more interesting. Um, yeah, before we move on, Duke 20, Miami 12 in a uh, in a real barn burner down there in, in Coral Gables. Uh, we'll move on, Mike, to an actual barn burner. Clemson 77, Louisville 16. And, Mike, just like we told you, Clemson covered 39 in this game. Uh, yes, and they also hit the over. By themselves. Yes, they did. Uh, by two touchdowns. You boys pick of the week. That's a hit. Yes. I uh, I doubled up there in the old wallet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took Clemson minus 39. I also took over 62. That ended up being very smart. Clemson minus 24 and a half in the first half was also a very profitable bet. Yes. Um, I'd like to congratulate you on that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, um, real quick. Uh, we mentioned on the preview, we actually answered a question from Andrew Parker about how many touchdowns would it take to fire Brian Van Gorder. And conservatively, I say conservatively because, uh, you know, tongue in cheek, I said 10 and a half touchdowns. Well, Joey, two things here. Clemson scored 11 touchdowns and Brian Van Gorder still has his job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one, I could make Vegas lines. That's one takeaway. Uh, second takeaway is we were really wrong. It must have been like 12 and a half or 13 and a half touchdowns because somehow Brian Van Gorder still has his job. Somehow Bobby Petrino still has his job. And I read multiple tweets on social media saying that there were scouts in attendance, like NFL scouts who were who were open, obviously there to see Clemson openly rooting for Bobby Petrino to give up 100 points. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. how that's how um, quote unquote well respected he is in NFL circles. So everybody wanted this to turn out the way that it did. And some people are a little bit disappointed that Clemson only scored 77 points in a barn burner. Mike, I got to tell you, Louisville has painted themselves into a hell of a corner here with this whole coaching situation. Mm-hmm. It is it is just bad news that becomes worse news all the time. Uh, stuff still stays bad around Louisville. They're losing recruits out of their recruiting class. Uh, right. They just had Jordan Travis, the backup quarterback, that looked like he had something going for him. He just announced he's transferring. That's that's not good. 
Uh, I, I maintain that I, as bad as Louisville's defense has been this year, I don't really know if you can fire Brian Van Gorder or if you should necessarily. Um, that's a whole discussion. I don't know. Louisville is a an absolute just uh, – let's see what kind of fire we want to go with here. Uh, I want to go with – Louisville is the like the trash fire that caught the river on fire in Cincinnati. Like they are, they are the polluted water that was so bad that it caught fire. Uh, it, it It's awful. Clemson in this game, by the way, goes – 37 carries for 492 yards and five touchdowns. And Mike, for those doing the math at home, that's over 13 yards per carry. For those mm. not doing the math at home, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Louisville is officially that really bad car crash that you can't look away from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, uh, or, or ironically enough, Louisville is a really bad motorcycle crash that you can't look away from. <laughs> I see what you did there. I didn't slide that in there. Um, what you did there. Yeah. Bye, Petrino probably wishes he was in a motorcycle crash right about now. Louisville <laughs> is one and eight against the spread this year, and they mm-hmm. are a three touchdown underdog going to Syracuse next week. I like Cuse. I'm not going to lie. I don't hate Louisville getting three touchdowns in the Carrier Dome. Mm. Syracuse got Notre Dame coming up next week. Doesn't matter. Careful. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Saying. Yeah. Uh, Clemson made it just as much of a bloodbath as we thought they would. Uh, they kept scoring. They were up 35-3 at halftime and, you know, didn't waste any time getting the bigger bigger point numbers there. Will Swinney <laughs> scored. Yes, he did. Uh, as did uh, Dexter Lawrence. Dexter Lawrence got in the end zone again with a rushing touchdown. That's a for thing. a second, for a second straight week. Yeah, Clemson. Uh, Clemson getting so bored, they're starting to rotate in defensive linemen at running back, and not like in the fourth quarter, Mike. That was like a second quarter touchdown that he scored. Yeah. So what was it, Christian Wilkins, two weeks ago against Florida State? Was, right. It was him. Yeah, I believe last week. Yeah. Yeah. So we got. For a second straight week, we got a defensive lineman gang in the end zone for Clemson. Mm-hmm. And um, that strategy seems to be working. So line them up. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Louisville, don't keep doing it. Just just pack it up. Go home. You've had enough. Uh, Clemson 77, Louisville 16. Let's move on, Mike. The game that you were at, the number 22 Boston College Eagles 31, your Virginia Tech Hokies 21. Virginia Tech made this competitive for a while. Um, it, it was actually, I mean, it's a pretty competitive game. Nobody ran off and hid with it. I mean, Boston College gets a late field goal to extend it out to 10 points. But other than that, this is was, this was pretty much a one-score game the entire way uh, up until the very end, Mike. Yeah, I can summarize this pretty well for all of our Virginia Tech listeners in the audience. The defense looked a lot better in this game. A.J. Dillon really struggled to get anything going. It took him a million carries to get to over 100 yards. Uh and he Defense. left with an injury at one point too. We should mention he he did uh, appears to be okay. Came back in the game. Um, that's something I paid attention to pretty quickly. I was like, wait a second, uh, that's AJ Dillon over there. And then I saw him run like trying to jog it out down the sideline, and it was not working. Um, anyway, uh, Virginia Tech defense did a pretty nice job. They were on the field the entire second half because Virginia Tech's offense went cold after halftime. Thanks in no part to the play calling, which was absolute garbage in this football game. Very, very, very bad. 
Um, Ryan Willis, three touchdown passes, looked pretty good most of the time. Uh, he left on two separate occasions with injuries, um, got rolled up on on one play, and then fell on his head on the other. So uh, he took a couple shots, which wasn't wasn't great. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought he played pretty well. Virginia Tech's rushing attack uh, fits and starts like it always has been. Uh, Virginia Tech had six total yards in the third quarter, so that wasn't good. And uh, yeah, defense got tired in the fourth quarter. Boston College scored a few times, and that was about it, Joey. That was about it. Um, for those of you who want my real thoughts on this game, you know where to find me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> there were a lot of thoughts I had that I... Uh, are better left on set, I think. Uh, <laughs> offensive, not too happy. With, I'm not too happy with the offensive coaching staff for Virginia Tech. Uh, yet I understand that this is kind of a rebuilding year. They did lose nine out of eleven starters on defense from a year ago, and that is what it is. But the defense played a lot better. Uh, the offense is not great, but there are some flashes that give me hope for them putting it all together here at some point uh, as the season winds down and hopefully enough to win two out of three and get to a bowl game without scheduling a December 1st laugher against an FCS school. So that's where we're at there. And also, Joey, we have members of the fan base calling for Justin Fuente's head, which is another reminder that college football fans are very, very stupid. Uh, hey, I, I am not exempt from that either. I, you know, I have my tendencies, we'll say. Um, can we play a thought experiment here, Mike? Ooh, thought exercises. Love them. Hokies lose next week at Heinz Field, as is possible. Oh, yes. They fall to four and five. What are the odds that they can beat both Miami and Virginia at home and get to bowl eligible? I guarantee you that if they lose this weekend against Pitt, you'll be hearing about an FCS opponent scheduled for the weekend of December 1st. Ooh, they've already played William and Mary, so they might have to get someone, I guess, like a, uh, let's say, who would we get? Like Lib- Middle Tennessee State or Liberty, Marshall? Liberty, yeah. UMass. Marshall, UMass, someone like that. Yeah. Something, yeah. Okay. All right. I'm just looking at that slate, though, Mike. Miami and Virginia at home. With what Miami is right now, they'll be coming off a Georgia Tech game, and then Virginia, if nothing else, the fact that they've won that game, what, 16 straight years or something silly like that, I mean, it's no, not I, it's not over till it's over, Mike. It's, That's what I'm saying. I, I look. <laughs> I'm not even going to pretend that I know what's going to happen because I don't and neither do you and neither does anybody else. We don't really know what Pitt is. We don't. I can't believe this. We're going into week 11. Don't know what Pitt is. Have no idea what Miami is. Have no idea what Virginia is. And uh, we have no idea what Virginia Tech is week to week. So you're right. It's not over till it's over. Um, ironically enough, <laughs> I, can't believe, I can't even say this with a straight face just given how badly they played. Um, Virginia Tech controls their own destiny in the Coastal Division still. Oh, hell yeah. Um, That's so metal. If they if they beat if they beat Pitt, Miami, and UVA, they win the Coastal. Yes, they do. Um, if they lose two out of the next three games, they miss a ball game for the first time in, oh, about 25 years. Dude, go ACC to that. 
So that's what you have. You you are as close to a coastal division title as you are to not going to the bowl game for the first time in over two decades. So welcome to 2018. Um yeah. Who wants to be Clemson's sacrificial lamb? Anybody? Just like every time you think this this year can't get weirder, it does. Like that that's that's it. Like every every time you think no, this is as weird as it's going to get. We're going to get some order restored at some point. You just don't. And what a year. Okay. Uh, that's enough of that. Boston College 31, Virginia Tech thir- uh, 21. Uh, Mike, where do you want to go? Syracuse, Wake Forest. Syracuse, 41. Deeks, 24. Uh, shout out Dino Babers. I covered the spread, baby. Yeah. Oh, wait, Orange. You got Mike's pick of the week going. Uh, we, we were undefeated on picks of the week this week. That was awesome. Um, yeah, so Wake Forest loses Sam Hartman in this game, and that's bad. It's bad, okay? Uh, like real bad, by the way, real bad, quite bad. Um, basically, any hope that they had of salvaging some bowl eligibility probably just went down the tubes when uh, Sam Hartman goes down. Uh, so that's not great. It's been a bad, you know, rough year for Wake Forest, had a couple of bright spots in there here and there, but um. Overall, they've they've really struggled with the freshman quarterback, and uh, if nothing else, they've really struggled to uh, kind of shore up the defense after Mike Elko left a couple of years ago. Um, new coordinator, not yet paying dividends, but you know, given some offseason of practice, that might work. Uh, in the meantime, Mike Syracuse, Eric Dungey, pretty good. Uh, One fifty-seven through the air, no picks. You know, one hundred nineteen yards on the ground, a touchdown. Because again, Eric Dungey cannot help himself from carrying the ball twenty plus times a game. Regardless of what what his doctor recommends on uh, he do on a Saturday. Yeah, I feel like this is important to note. Uh, Joey, Eric Dungey, uh, still the starter, which is interesting. I don't remember, know what to make of that. Remember, remember when that was a thing a couple weeks ago? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, and and you can't blame them if <laughs> they're sitting there rolling up four hundred yards and forty one points on the road. I mean. Right. You can live with that. Wake did go up in this game 10 to nothing pretty quickly uh, within about 10 minutes of the start. And then Syracuse comes charging back. They scored 28 points in a row to make it 28 to 10. And that was when it was pretty much over. Oh, track me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The track me. That's what they wanted to do here, Mike. Uh, yeah. Syracuse just, you know, they're, they're quietly pretty good. Um, the defense maybe not great, but with the way that they can score some points, it doesn't have to be particularly good. And uh, I think they've benefited from their their schedule at times this year as well. It, it, what would you say is the best win that Syracuse has so far? We'll play this game again because this is a game we play way too much. Let's go down them. Here we go. At Western Michigan, Wagner, Florida State, UConn, North Carolina, North Carolina State, at Wake Forest. NC State. Yeah, pretty clearly. Pretty clearly. Um, this is only their second road win of the year. And by the way, the, the the first one in conference play in like two years for Syracuse. Is Syracuse good? Um, so they're now inside the kinda? top. So this gives you an idea of college football this year. Um, I believe Syracuse is 12th or 13th in the new. I don't have the AP poll in front of me. Uh, I believe they're 12th or 13th in this week's edition of the AP poll. Yeah, that's that's a thing. 
They're 58th in S&P Plus, which seems maybe a little bit uh, a little bit less credit than they deserve, but I mean, probably closer to the actuality than 12th or 13th. That's I, I would that's agree. aggressive. I I would agree, uh, Joey. This is a team who we talked about three weeks ago as having the wheels come off, right? Mm-hmm. And- yeah, they. I mean, they were starting to. They were, and we were talking about them, wondering if Dino Babers was like, like, was he ever going to figure it out? And, you know, they're slowly building, but like, is it realistic to think that he'll have this thing like completely turned around by the time, you know, the athletic department loses patience with them? And we were having all those types of discussions three weeks ago, and now they're 12th in the country, Joey. 12th. What a time to be alive, Mike. Oh. I love this conference. <laughs> like this football season is unbelievable. We thrive on this kind of stuff. So here's the thing, Mike, is is whether or not Syracuse is good right now is not all that clear because again, I'm not really sure which team on their schedule is the most representative of like you know, like a, a like a uh an equal opponent. You know, they got beat by Clemson in a game they almost won. I don't think I would call Clemson and Syracuse equals though. Uh, they barely lost to Pittsburgh after that. They beat NC State. That's maybe the most, in my mind, maybe the closest comparison. But here's what we got for the rest of the year for Syracuse is they, by all means, they should beat the brakes off of Louisville next week at home. And then they go to Yankee Stadium to take on Notre Dame. And they go to Chestnut Hill to take on Boston College. Those are the two games, in my mind, Mike, that are going to tell me what Syracuse is this year. Um you know, and, and I think you're very reasonably talking about they're seven and two right now. They could finish eight and four or something like that. But even that with the qualifiers and the schedule difficulty and that kind of thing, I mean, that's that's a strong year for Syracuse after two straight four and eight years to turn around and go eight and four and beat a ranked NC State and damn near knock off Clemson and all that. I mean, that's that's pretty good if that's where you end up and you very well could end up uh, quite a bit better than that. It is uh, because at the end of the day, it's still Syracuse football. Like we don't talk about Syracuse football in the context of going eight and four ever. Yeah. Ever. I mean, not since McNabb. Yeah. It's been, that's been a minute or Greg Paulus decades or Greg Paulus, Joey. Who? I don't even know who that is. (laughs) The former Duke point guard, Greg Paulus. Oh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Notorious. Yeah. Notorious Greg Paulus, who took his graduate year to play quarterback for Syracuse. Not since then, Joey. Well, heaven forbid, Mike. What would never forget the uh, the world famous notorious Greg Paulus? Yeah. By the way, the Greg Paulus led Syracuse Orange, I don't believe, made a bowl game. So, (laughs) Um, anyway, I don't even know what we're talking about right now. Uh, Oh. 41-24 Syracuse winners over Wake Forest. Let's move on. Uh, My Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, Mike, 38, North Carolina, 28. And uh, this is one of those, Mike, where Georgia Tech turns it over on downs just before halftime. They're trying to score a touchdown to go up 28 to 10. And I saw what they're doing. You know, you you get the ball out of halftime. You have the chance to make it 35 to 10. And at that point, you just, you you know, the game's been put away. They turn it over on downs. Uh, They do score coming out of halftime to make it 28 to 10. And at that point, North Carolina started scoring. They scored a touchdown. They kicked a field goal. They scored another touchdown. And all this was helped by a couple of Georgia Tech turnovers and just general sloppiness. Um, and that was a total mess. 
so it's a tight game at 28, and Georgia Tech then able to score a touchdown and, and kick a field goal to put it away. But it was it was a game that Georgia Tech had well in hand and then let get out of hand, but still found a way to pull out with a win at the end. Um, Henri St. Amour with a really heads-up play late in the game to pick off Nathan Elliott. Uh, kind of set up that final field goal drive that put the game away. But, um, yeah, a couple of timely turnovers that Georgia Tech's defense was able to generate, but there was a lot of turnover issues uh, throughout the game for the Yellow Jackets in general. Uh, Tobias Oliver plays most of this game. Taquan Marshall started. Uh, they pulled him after about three drives. Uh, things just weren't really clicking all that well with him running it. And then Tobias Oliver comes in and, and things start clicking a lot better. Uh, he finishes two of two passing, Mike, for 104 yards and a touchdown. Is that uh, good? That's efficiency. Yeah, he hit a he hit Quay Cersei on an 86 yard touchdown pass, one of the longest in uh, Tech history. Uh, he also added 120 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Overall, Georgia Tech runs for 461 here. That was going to be the honestly the really disheartening thing is if they found a way to lose this game where they pretty grossly outgained North Carolina. They they were a couple of yards short of 200 yards of you know of net positive there. Um, so at the very least, it's good to see Georgia Tech pull out the win and a team that was once one and three now finds themselves five and four, uh, and and very very close to a a bowl eligible kind of situation. Which if nothing else, Mike would at least give me a push on my season win total that, that I, I was really thinking was a lost cause about a month ago. Yeah, literally the only thing I was thinking about while you were talking there was your season win total. Mm-hmm. We're back, baby. We are back. We had a we're good back. weekend, Mike. We had a good weekend, and we might uh, we might be getting the money back at the very least on the win total bet. And at that point, <laughs> I am in good shape. It's been a good What's year. It? What did we go uh, between you and I combined on, on like actual monetary bets this weekend? I mean, we have our picks on this podcast. I tweeted some bets. I went nine, three and one, and you did pretty well yourself. Actual monetary bets. I went five and oh, and that doesn't include the parlay. That was like three of them as well. So call it six and oh, uh, with one of them being a three team parlay. And that, yeah, so it was a, uh, it was a strong weekend for your boy, Mike. So what you're saying is between the three of us, if we're going to say you went six and zero, uh, including the parlay, uh, between the two of us, we went 15, three and one against the spread this weekend. Yep. And that's why I'm keeping my money away from the book next weekend, because that can only, it only comes back one way. Yep. And it'll be opposite of how I want it to be when I double down. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, good to, weekend. You play to win the game, Joey. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Uh, By the way, Mike, one of the weird things that happened, I'll bring up for North Carolina here. Nathan Elliott comes out of the gate, first two, three drives for the Tar Heels, looking like absolute trash. And I mean the kind of trash that is trying to throw like a receiver screen and overthrows his receiver by four yards. Like like the easiest of passes is just wildly off target. Um, So they switch and they bring in uh, none other than Jace Reuter, a freshman backup who sure as his first game action, he comes in, he goes four or five for 80 yards and a touchdown. And then he gets hurt, comes out of the game. Nathan Elliott goes back in and I guess he got, he got a little bit better while he's standing there on the sidelines, but Nathan Elliott finishes this game, 128 yards, but three picks through the air. Uh, that's not, not great. Nope. So at the end of the day, Mike Georgia tech's defense right now is coming up with enough turnovers and stops to win games. They're not, particularly formidable in a lot of ways 
but they're doing enough, and that's a lot more than Ted Roof's defenses could ever say. Yep. And we knew it would be a work in progress, and that it has been. And they've gotten better as the season's gone on. So mm-hmm. no more bitching, Georgia Tech fans. You could be Virginia Tech's defense. <laughs> what kind of bizarro world is 2018 that we're saying stuff like that? <laughs> Stop complaining. You could be Virginia Tech's defense. Bummer. How, how long has it been since that has been like a thing where, you know, you could either have your defense or you could have Virginia Tech's defense. So just be happy with what you have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sitting there. I'm watching most. Now, now, like I've mentioned, like Virginia Tech's defense was pretty good on Saturday. But most weekends this year, they have not been pretty good. Right. Mm-hmm. Save for like the Florida State game. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they played pretty well against Duke. But I mean, that felt a lot better at the time than it did right now, as did Florida State. Um, and I feel good about the BC performance, and we lost. So that's where we're at. Um, yeah. Dumpster fire. Fun stuff. Why can't we have nice things is what I'm wondering every time Virginia Tech's defense is on the field, which is pretty funny considering that's what everybody else has been thinking for basically the entirety of Bud Foster's tenure at Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, go ACC to that. Georgia Tech 38, North Carolina 28. Mike, last one. NC State 47, Florida State 28. And first thing I think we need to talk about here, DeAndre Francois doesn't play in this game. Uh, James Blackman comes out and gets the start. And not only that, he throws 46 passes. He does get 421, four touchdowns, only one pick. So all all told, not a bad – not a bad show in there from uh, the uh, the kid coming back from a, a long year of starting last year. But I guess my bigger question to you, Mike, is you go to your backup quarterback and your first instinct is to throw the ball two and a half times as many times as you run it. Like Cam Akers and Jacquez Patrick combined for 12 carries in this game. James Blackman throws 46 passes. What is what is Florida State doing? And I know uh, I know Willie Taggart just handed off the play calling duties, which maybe it was about time that, that happened. I don't know what the hell. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I muttered answer. that. Answer. I, I muttered that phrase at least once a podcast. Now it's like I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and I want to give good analysis, but Florida State just what are you doing? Like remember the time that we picked Florida state is like the easy bet of the year to go over eight wins. Oh, Oops. Oops. that was, that was really not correct. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was the opposite of right. Um, yeah, that could have gone better. Uh, so yeah, Florida state, what are you doing? Their offense has reached Virginia Tech Scott Leffler level of bad. Like Ooh. with the play calling and the select the run versus pass selection. Uh this is like <laughs> so there's Scott Leffler at BC, who looks like a really good offensive coordinator. Then there's Scott Leffler at Virginia Tech, who looks the uh, like the opposite of a good offensive coordinator. So <laughs> you have you have two different types of Leffler, right? Mm-hmm. And it appears that we have that same situation going on at Florida State. We got Willie Taggart when like 
we're talking like South Florida, Oregon, Willie Taggart. Then we have Florida State, Willie Taggart. Um, be more like the South Florida, Oregon version where like the offenses look competent versus mm-hmm. what you have now, which is more playmakers than you've ever had on any of your teams. And you have the worst offense by far that you've ever had. Um, don't be that guy. Don't be that. Guy. <laughs> don't be that guy. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm at a loss. I don't well, get it. Did, at, at the at the very least, I think we found out, or, or at least confirmed what we thought about NC State. Like, it's not as bad as Syracuse. Like the Syracuse game made it seem. It's not as bad as the Clemson blowout made it seem. Right? Like, NC State's still good. Like, mm-hmm. they're going to beat mediocre to bad football teams by a lot and they're going to lose to good football teams by a lot or a little depending on how much better that team is than they are right they were in a shootout with Syracuse who's scoring all sorts of points right now and they got blown out by war machine Clemson and those are the two losses and they probably would have had a third against West Virginia but like this is an eight and four slash nine and three type team. Right. And like, you know, that, that is what they are. And I guess they're not playing 12 games this year. So whatever they're, you know, you know, eight and three. Hey, hey Mike. Yeah. You said that they're like an eight and four, nine and three team. They, they have four games left. Okay. Here we go. Home against Wake Forest at Louisville at North Carolina. Seems like a win. Home East Carolina. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, they are a nine and two team. No, they're a ten and two team. Mike, is North Carolina State going to make a New Year's Six bowl? Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> NC State's going to make the damn Orange Bowl or something. Mike, this is going to happen. Oh, this is oh, happening. No. <laughs> oh man, I love it. They're making. The, could they make a New Year's Six with the cancellation? I think they might. There, oh, it's yeah. going to be a pretty no, unbelievably empty. It'll be an empty oh, ten and two. You're right. It's ten and two because the East Carolina games are reschedule. Mm-hmm. Oh, Epiphany, mm-hmm. that's ten and two. You're right. Oh my God, they're going to a New Year's <laughs> Six ball. <laughs> holy, holy shit! <laughs> NC State's going to New Year's Six. Oh no! Uh, what is going on? Uh, <laughs> Oh man, losing oh. the West Virginia game might have been the best thing that could have happened. Oh, you take the West Virginia game off the schedule and you reschedule <laughs> in Carolina. Oh man, okay, let's play a new game. Who are they playing in the New Year's Six? Oh um, gosh, that that's a that's an impossible task. Uh, Especially if they go to, if they go to the Peach Bowl, they're going to get like Fresno State or. Oh my God! UCF or someone that would unfortunately probably beat the brakes off of them. Oh, inject inject Fresno State, NC State into my veins <laughs> on New Year's Day. Oh my God! Let's do it. We knew it was going to end this way, Mike. We knew it was going to end this oh, way. I can't wait to come off a hangover and watch NC State try to keep up with Fresno State's war machine offense. Oh, oh my God! Gosh. Give me that Mountain West action, man. This is the most fired up I've seen you in a while. Oh. Get ready. Dude, I cannot pull out. So I had the huge epiphany that East Carolina games the reschedule. That's mm-hmm. a ten and two team. You're right. Oh my god, they replaced West Virginia with Eastern Carolina. Oh, love it, love it. 
Man. I got a great idea. Oh, look, Scotty Montgomery, you guys want to come play? Because <laughs> you didn't want to play Virginia Tech because of the hurricane, and you weren't down to reschedule, and that that whole series might be, I don't know, in jeopardy. So let's play NC State in the season finale and see how that goes. Now, East Carolina, granted, like, not completely terrible. Congratulations on your over, by the way. Um <laughs> Not completely terrible. They can score a little bit. Uh, NC State will beat them by three touchdowns, but they can score a little bit. Now, here's the dirty little secret is that at this point, if NC State is 10-2, and two, they're 10-2, and two, and their best win is pretty clearly over Boston College. Their next best win is probably Virginia. So take that to me what you will. That's To me, the strength of schedule thing is the only thing that would keep them out of, of the New Year's Six at 10-2. and two, But – I mean, at some point you've won 10 games and nobody else is really going to notice who they were against. So whatever, just put them in. <laughs> I was going to say uh, tongue in cheek. Yeah, but they're 10 and two from a power five conference. But wait a second. Is the ACC really a power five conference this year? I have power questions. Is relative. I, power is relative. I have questions. Yeah. So it's looking like it's going to be a fun year for NC State. Uh, they win 47-28 over Florida State here. And this weird this year will not stop getting weirder. It just it won't. Mike got a couple of awards to give out. Uh, the Go ACC moment of the week goes to, in some form or fashion, the uh, the Coastal Division, where the the leader of the Coastal Division, the uh, Coastal Division Championship belt, if you will, has changed possession yet again. Uh, it has gone from the Virginia Cavaliers now to the Pittsburgh Panthers, and. That, that's it. That's the go ACC moment of the week is that Pittsburgh is now leading the Coastal Division, Mike. Uh, Coastal Division supremacy is our ACC moment of the week. It did not work out well for Virginia. And, um, well, I would say it won't work out well for Pittsburgh. They have Virginia Tech this weekend, so that should be fine. I mean, it could get worse. I don't know. Uh, speaking of which, speaking of the Coastal Division, Dumpster Fire of the Week Award goes to and stays with the ACC Coastal. They won it last week, and they're winning it again this week because nothing is getting any better, Mike. It's like a eight-time winner now on this podcast this season. Yeah, they're uh, they're really holding on to the belt there. They're, they're starting to uh, inch towards longest reigning champ territory, which, cool. Uh, lastly, Brian Van Gorder Memorial, you tried to award. We had, to get, uh, had some good questions about this one, uh, and we addressed those on the preview podcast. So go check that out if you uh, are curious as to the origins of this award or kind of what the future of it looks like. But uh, retaining the Brian Van Gorder Memorial, you tried to award. Also, Brian Van Gorder, you tried to keep Clemson under 10.5 touchdowns, and you failed. It didn't go great. I'd like to apologize once again for steering Andrew Parker wrong, saying that 10 and a half, the over under a 10 and a half and 11 touchdowns would get Van Gorder fired. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's really nothing that Van Gorder can do at this very moment to get himself fired other than like off field stuff. Um, other than riding the motorcycle around with a couple of interns like. You know, I think that's the only way you get yourself fired. But, you know, Bobby Petrino navigated those waters before, so it might be okay. I honestly, at this point, I am halfway expecting to see some weird incident where they find a way to fire Bobby Petrino for cause. 
Like somebody's going to go plant some like meth in his desk at work or something like that. And they'll be like, wait, Bobby, did you have meth at work? Oh my gosh, we can't, and we can't employ this man anymore. And we don't have to pay his buyout either. How convenient. Like, I would not put that past Louisville to do some, pull some shenanigans like that at all. So uh, keep an ear out for that. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, anything to get out of that massive, massive contract. Yeah. That's a, that's a whole thing. Uh, Mike, that's all I got. Anything else before we get out of here? Awesome recap. It's been, it's been badass. We have had uh, a great epiphany. So good on UNC state capitalizing while, uh, while you get the chance. Mike, uh, I finished three and four on spread picks this week. You finished four and three, and we are now tied on the year at 35, 35, and one. Meaning we're probably not really making money. So, uh, well, I okay. mean, in, in our defense, though, Joey, like the fact that we're at 500 with this conference and what is happening is, you know, feels like a victory. Yeah, and, and one other thing to consider, too, by the way, is we're picking every single game against the spread. Any wise gambler would not actually pick every single game. You, you pick and choose which games you actually want to bet and you don't. So uh, don't don't hate us. Just, you know, it's, yeah, it's pretty good. We're like 500. We're, we're basically a coin flip. If you, you know, it'll come up right so, every so often. Hey, Siri, sup? <laughs> uh, all right, Mike, let's get out of here. Let's, we got to re uh, come back and preview some games for week 11. We've got a special guest who's going to be joining us. Um, College game day is coming to your city, uh, Boston, and uh, we're going to bring on our good friend Dan Rubin to preview that game. Clemson going to be on the road in Boston College, uh, game of the century of the week in the ACC, uh, 8 o'clock ABC, college game day, the whole situation. So we're going to bring on Dan Rubin to help preview that game. So keep an ear out for that. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, in the meantime, you guys can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel CFB. And together we are at BC Podcast ACC. Y'all can send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns. It's the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Big thanks to Andrew Parker and Keith Derrick, who sent emails last week. And big thanks to Andrew Freeman, who emailed us this week, uh, asking a very timely, relevant question. I believe during the Pitt-Virginia game, he was asking about what's the final record going to be of the Coastal Champions. So well played to you, Mr. Andrew Freeman. Thank you for listening and thank you for your email. Uh, Mike, they can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, the Overcast app, wherever fine podcasts are sold for free. And Mike, tell them where they can find us on social medias. Uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference. Rate, review, find all of our podcasts there. Rate, review us on iTunes and Google Play and all that good stuff. Yep, definitely do that. Definitely do that. And you guys can also find us on YouTube. Uh, it's an option. We got our videos up there if you want to, uh, you know, watch my therapy dog, Calvin, kind of wander around in the background as we do this and try to make sense of anything. You can come check that out there. So go Google us on YouTube and uh, we don't have a fancy URL or anything, but we're on there. So go, go find us. Uh, Mike, you want to come back and preview games for week 11? Yes, sir. Man, this season's gone on quick, but in some ways I feel like it's taken forever because I still can't make a damn bit of sense of any of it. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to come back, preview week 11. We're going to welcome in Dan Rubin and uh, we're going to, talk about it some uh, some sweet week 11 action yep all right well until next time for mr mike mcdaniel i am joey weaver thank you guys so much for listening we'll talk to you again soon and until next time go acc